Alice, Uni, and Johnny backed deeper into the night and watched as Colonel Kidnapper and Mr. Empty Pockets came out of the door. They started walking towards our friends, not knowing that they weren't alone. Um, I'd like to kidnap that duchess one of these days. Bothersome old bag. I should be the boss around, mumbled the kidnapper. Uh, You better not let her hear you talk that way. She'll take away all your stuff. That's what she did to me. Be quiet, you hobo. Also, you know what your problem is. You're not too bright. Now, go dig up some turnips. Unicorns can't resist a fresh turnip, the little dummies. Once we get that horn and grind some dust out of it, we'll be able to make some very powerful stuff, said Kidnapper. This was too much for Uni. She lowered her horn and charged. Kidnapper heard her hooves and turned around just in time to see her. Her horn got under him and tossed him high in the air. He twirled up into the air and came down just in time to get kicked even higher up into the air by a very upset bucking unicorn. He flew clear over the roof and a moment later a splash was heard. Who's the dummy now? Uni thought angrily. Mr. Empty Pockets stood there stupefied and wasn't sure what to do. He turned around and started to run. Alice quickly pulled on some of Uni's tail and stretched it between two trees about ankle height. Mr. Empty Pockets tripped over it and went sailing. He landed in a heap. Johnny convinced all the nearby spiders to wrap him up in fresh webbing, and when they were done, he looked like a huge ball of yarn. He struggled to say. They heard a squawk from inside the cabin. Ah, sniffer, you runny-nosed fool. What the heck was that? Sounded like some kind of splash, Miss Corbo demanded. Now go check on that unrusty and unrather tusty, untrusty kidnapper. And Mr. Fingernails, you go along with him, too. Mr. Common Cold didn't feel too well. He felt a little feverish, but he slowly got up and headed out. Mr. Broken Fingernail was working on his biting technique and looked up from his nibbled fingers. Irritation was written all over his face. Oh, why me? Why not Grumpy? Or that fat little fake Santa, Captain Red? Why not him? Hound tarnation dare you, bellowed Captain Red. I'd rather be me than a bum like you with all your terrible bad habits. Then he climbed up on the table and did a swan dive onto Mr. Broken Fingernail but he missed and landed on Mr. Common Cold. In an instant, the floor was a huge spinning ball of three fighting bad guys. The commotion was worse than fighting cats. Mr. Dirty Laundry especially loved a good fight and took off his dirty t-shirt, threw it over Captain Red's head, then pulled out a gross old cheat from his pocket. He tossed that over everyone else, climbed up on the table and dove into the mess. Ms. Corvo screeched for them to stop, but to no avail. When people like that get to fighting, they can rarely stop. But 
In fact, after a few minutes, they did stop. They had simply exhausted themselves. They laid on the floor in a sweaty heap, huffing and puffing. Attracted by the fracas, Alice, Uni, and Johnny had been looking at the scene through the window. The people inside were too busy to notice anything going on outside. Gosh, what a big mess they're making, complained Sir Grumpalot. I'm out of here. Then he turned to leave. Miss Corvo saw what he was planning and yelled at him. Like heck you are, now get back in here. You're not leaving, not with all you know about our captive. She snapped. Well, just try and stop me, said Sir Grumpy, and he walked out the door. Miss Corvo tried to follow, but Mr. Broken Fingernail reached out and grabbed her by the ankle. Everyone in the pile had gotten their breath back and resumed the big cat fight. And now, Miss Corvo was in the mix. The room looked like a tornado was spinning around and around and around from corner to corner. Tables and chairs were turned into toothpicks. The fighting sounded like tigers in a blender. When Sir Grumpelot came outside, he was surprised to see our trio. For a grumpy person, he was not particularly suspicious. He stopped and glanced from Uni and Alice to the large bowl of mumbling fluff lying on the ground. He wrinkled up his nose. Alice walked right up to him. Boy, that Duchess person is sure annoying, isn't she? Said Alex sympathetically. I don't know how you can stand it. You must be the most patient person in the world. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She does give one a lot to complain about, he replied. Oh, you are so right, Alice continued. And she doesn't even see how intelligent you are. Yeah, yeah, it's so obvious, he agreed. And the others don't even listen to you, she added. Yeah, it's so frustrating. I'm glad I'm not the only one to notice. Agreed, Sir Grumpelot. Hey, hey, what's your name anyway? Are you yell- selling yarn or something? Are you maybe one of those traveling salesmen riding your unicorn from town to town selling cheap trinkets and heaven knows what else to foolish yokels who have no taste, no taste whatsoever? Asked Grumpy, starting to grump up again. That is a unicorn over there, isn't it? He pointed towards Uni. Most assuredly said Alice, stepping closer to him. But by this time, the ring in Alice's pocket began to vibrate. It floated up out of her pocket and slipped onto her finger. Her rainbow irises started to rotate hypnotically. She drew closer to Sir G. He squirmed a little, opened his mouth to say stop it, but found no complaints could come out. In a minute, Alice was staring deep into his eyes, putting him into a completely compliant, hypnotic trance. Are you ready to answer some questions? Demanded Alice, looking at him crossly. If that is your wish, he said robotically. Let's hear about your captive and any other plans you know your gang has. Alice continued. Sir Grumpelot started to recite a list of all the things Ms. Corvo's group of criminals were up to. This is the list he recounted. 
They were going to poison the good idea pond. Kidnap a uniform and get bad magic. Make things dirty, especially undershirts. Steal anything that is not nailed down. Encourage children to have bad habits and never wash their hands. Kidnap somebody important and take away their power. Take over nature for Miss Corvo, who wanted to be the Duchess of the Woods. Well, what about the captive? Ordered Alice. We got her. She's in the basement. She drank a gallon of forgetty tea. She can't remember a thing, not even her own name. Alice sprang into action. She rushed rushed past the fighting ball of bad guys and saw a hatch in the shack floor. Lifting it up, she rushed down the stairs and saw a little pig tied to a chair. It was the protector of the woods. The pig looked up sadly and said, I can't even remember my name. Alice thought hard, remembering all the letters she had seen. She scratched them into the dust on the basement floor. I. A. N. D. A. Or. N. D. I. A. A. She stared, not knowing what to do next. Reading was in her future, but the ring knew. It glowed and flew off her finger, hovering over the letters. It moved up and down. The letters started glowing too, and they started moving around. Then they moved into a line. The glowing letters spelled a magical name. Diana. Diana. The goddess of the forest. The ring flew onto the pig's pig's hand, and then the most wonderful thing happened. The pig transformed into a beautiful goddess. It was the goddess Diana, Alice's long-lost mother. They ran to each other and tearfully hugged and kissed for the longest time. The joyous reunion paused when Diana got a steely look on her face and asked, Daughter, did you find my bow? Yes, mother, and this tiara as well. The tiara is yours. You'll need it when you join the big team. But I need the bow right now, said Diana. Alice pulled the bow and the arrow out of her pocket, and they flew to Diana like two magnets joining together. Diana waved her hand. The floor of the shack blew apart, scattering splinters of wood everywhere. Amazingly, the goddess grew very tall with a bright light shining from all around her. Ms. Corvo and the gang stopped and looked up at the fearsome, towering figure of the real protector of the woods. Diana's eyes glowed red with displeasure. Ms. Corvo and her cohorts cowered in fear. You, crow woman, you thought you could become a goddess. Foolish ambition, look what you've done, commanded Diana. They looked around and saw the dying forest. Sorry, whimpered Mrs. Corvo, looking quite mortified and embarrassed. The gang members trembled in a trip quivering mass behind her. Mr. Common Cold started to talk. It was 
<laughs> it was it was her fault. She she made made silence. Diana ordered. She usually had some patient, but that day she had none. She drew her bow back, aimed it high into the sky, and released the golden arrow. It sailed into the clouds, circled around once, then took off over the treetops. Wherever it flew, the trees and plants turned green and healthy. Birds reappeared, along with all the other animals of the forest. Diana grabbed the bad guys by the back of their necks and dragged them crying to the edge of the pond behind what used to be the cabin. Kidnapper was swimming around in it. It was the good idea pond. Hey, I've been thinking. I, 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 perchance I'd like to become a doctor. He called out. Diana tossed the rest of them in. She looked at Uni and Johnny and gave them a big smile. Alice stood next to her mother and said, I'd like you to meet my mom. Uni and Johnny were too surprised to say anything, but just smiled thankfully. Uni pointed her hoof at the ball of spider yarn. Don't forget this one, she said, and kicked it into the pond with the others. All of the bad guys were reconsidering their choices, and most of them had decided to become park rangers, all except Mr. Broken Fingernail, who wanted to be a fireman, and Mr. Dirty Laundry, who thought farming would be nice, and, oh, oh, Ms. Corvo, who decided to be a zookeeper. The arrow flew back to Diana's quiver. She looked at Alice and said, It's time for us to go, my darling. There is so much to teach you. Uni and Johnny, we must leave you for a while. The path you are on will lead you to happiness. Mother and daughter both grew brighter and brighter until they finally disappeared. Alice waved at her friends as she faded away. Uni started to cry a little when Johnny said, Look over there! At the end of the trail in the distance was a field of turnips and sweet potatoes. Happily eating, playing and converting, cavorting about was a herd of unicorns. And, and a, f a few ladybugs, too. too.